Welcome to Do It For The Gram, an Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and those in our communities. So this episode starts our series on subtypes. It's been a long time coming for sure, um, but I'm super excited to talk about subtypes. So before you listen to this episode, you're going to need to understand the instincts and the passion for your number. So if you haven't listened to the episodes before this one on instincts and passion, go ahead and check those out before you check this one out. Because in order to get a better understanding of what's happening in your subtype, you really need to know what's happening in your dominant instinct. And you need to understand what your passion of your number is. And they kind of range throughout your emotional patterns in life. So intro music, let's get it because we're about to get into it. super excited to announce my new partnership with BetterHelp. This episode is actually sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are struggling, BetterHelp can help. You'll receive 10% off your first month when you sign on using betterhelp.com forward slash do it. So I'm super excited uh, about this partnership that me and BetterHelp have um, entered into because in this point where everything that we're doing right now to connect with people is more virtual, it is so important mental health. I think that aligns perfectly with things that we're trying to do, things that I want to do, and um, anybody that I would refer or think that could be potentially beneficial to the audience. And I think BetterHelp is definitely one of them. BetterHelp is basically, it's online counseling or therapy. So you're able to actually get some counseling or therapy uh, depending on what's going on from licensed counselors and therapists around the country. And um, you get to be able to get some of that one-on-one mental checkup that you may need and BetterHelp's able to help you. So just go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it and you'll get a 10% discount for your first month. So what is a subtype? Subtypes, it is a type's passion and their instincts kind of multiply together. And they create this really interesting, very specific type of cocktail. So it's whatever your dominant instinct is combined with your passion. And so you also have a stack. So you have three instincts, which is social, sexual, and self-preservation. And they're all stacked in a certain way, meaning that they're ranked. So whatever the dominant one is, that means it's probably overactive. And whatever the repressed one is, that means it's probably underactive. And so the one in between is probably good. You probably utilize it in the right form, in the right way, in a healthier way. Then you can use your dominant and repressed one. So understanding the stack. Why is it important to understand the subtypes and your stack? So it's very important to understand it because there's a deeper understanding to you and your Enneagram number when you understand your subtype stack and what your subtypes are. And it gives you clarity around growth for you as well. And so it also helps you to see that your individual growth as a certain number may look a tinge bit different than another person's growth as that number. And also this helps us realize that all numbers don't look the same. 
all numbers, all people who are eights don't look the same. And the subtype is a big reason for it. Okay. That's a huge reason for it. some types look like counter. They're what called what we call counter types. And what that means is that they internally are have the same underpinning issues and struggles and challenges of all of that number. But on the surface, they respond to it differently. They respond in a counter way than the other two subtypes do. So understanding the stack a little bit better, if your dominant instinct is on top and it's this one, there's a message in it. So for instance, if you're self-preservation and it's your dominant one, you have this feeling instinctually that I'm always in danger. There's always fear there. And as a self-preserved person who's dominant in that instinct, it took me a while to realize that. But in so many situations, I literally feel like I am in danger just about all the time, no matter where I go. I'm always trying to make sure that I'm safe in some type of way. Then the next one is social. If social is your dominant instinct, then you feel that I am no one without a group and status. So for socially dominant types, it's very important to remember that you are more than a social group or status, but that's the over active sense in the social instinct. It's overly active. That instinct, if it's dominant, it's overly active. And so you have to be aware of that. If your instinct is dominant in the sexual, it means that I am no one without a significant other. And so it's very important for you to understand who is sexually dominant, that in order to be somebody, it's not just, it's that you are valuable regardless of who you're with, or regardless if you have a significant other with you or not. So you have to be aware of that. Remember, the instinct is overactive if it's your dominant one. We got to be aware of that. So if it's your bottom instinct, aka your repressed one in your stack, for self-preservation, it means my life is not important. So if you have a repressed center that is self-preservation, you have to watch out because that means that you don't treat yourself with the proper self-care because somewhere in your instincts, a lot of times unconsciously, you don't believe your life is that important. For social, it is, I don't trust others, groups, causes, the collective and humanity. So if that's your repressed one, you have to watch out for that because there's a natural inclination not to trust any type of group or big cause or collective or humanity. So you have to watch out because it's underactive. It's not in a healthy place. It's only looking at all oh, these things are really bad. So I'm not going to join them and look at the negative sides of anything that could be collective or group effort. And then if your repressed center is sexual, then I am not interesting or attractive and intimate relationships may not be for me. So for those who have a sexual repressed center, in some type of way, they don't feel that intimate relationships are necessarily for them, possibly, and or they don't feel attractive and they just may not feel interested in it. So that is an issue. If your sexual instinct is repressed, that means that something is going on and it's not active as it should be, making sure you engage in intimate one-on-one relationships in a healthy way. All right, so let's dive into the type nine. Remember, the nine's passion is what's called laziness, also known as sloth. And what that means is that it's more of a laziness and an attention to themselves and their own ambitions and wants in life. So that's what they really mean. They don't mean like necessarily just this overtly type of lazy type of person who doesn't do anything. Actually, nines can be quite opposite, but it's more blessed laziness to their own personal ambition and themselves and their wants and needs and things they need out of life. So a majority of this information comes from Beatrice Chestnut and Urania Pius by the way of Claudia Narajo. So when the passion of laziness entangles with the self-instinct of self-preservation, 
It merges and distracts itself with things that are material needs and security, mainly comfort for the nine. So they distract themselves from dealing with what they really need to deal with in life by finding things that are very comfortable. So for instance, I have a good friend who's a nine and this nine whose self-preservation is a little bit more grounded. They are a little bit more eight-ish in the way that they behave and they act in life. And they usually are really have strong routines. Like nines have strong routines, but the self-preservation nine has strong routines that lend into doing something that's very comfortable for them. It can be coffee. It can be um, playing different games. It can be reading. It can be napping, watching TV. But it's a literal routine that they tend to go to for comfort and not to deal with things that they really don't want to deal with. So this nine likes to actually be by themselves a little bit more than the other nines. They're okay with that. Because they want to be alone, they are super attached to the comforts in life and the comforts and things that they feel, want, and need. And so sometimes this nine also opts for what is easy. They opt to do what is easy because it can be comfortable a lot of times. So that's also another trait that the Enneagram 9 self-prez can actually show is that doing things that are comfortable, even though they have the capacity to do things that are hard, sometimes they can opt for the easy route instead. And they also, like I said before, there's certain things that can really merge with them that they can do numb. I find that a lot of self-preservation nines actually like games, games or something that's like a kind of a hanging out or a hobby, but they really, really enjoy it. Like it is really fun for them to do. And so remember, they can do all these things because they to actually avoid taking care of themselves, which looks tricky because it looks like since they're making sure they're comfortable that they're taking care of themselves. But in actuality, taking care of themselves is paying attention to those underlying issues and things that they really don't want to address, which brings up conflict. And so that's the self-preservation nine. If they have a huge routine, if they're a little bit more eight-ish, um, a little bit more straightforward than uh, other nines being able to respond to certain things and what you say. And if they don't mind being by themselves more in their nine, but they don't have to be with a person or a group, most likely this is a self-preservation nine. So when the passion of laziness entangles with the instinct of social, then they get distracted by merging with other people in groups. They They merge with these huge different groups and this type is interesting because it is actually the counter type of the nines. It's the counter type because this one doesn't always look like a nine in the sense that they are so action oriented that they are always doing something. They're always moving. They're always doing something for the group. And so in actuality, they can look like threes a little bit. And so they're extremely active with groups and they work really hard to support others because they don't feel like they belong. And so it's a constant cycle of trying to work harder and harder for the group to trunk to somehow feel like they belong. And so they actually are out of the nines. And one of the reasons they're countertype, they're our workaholics, whereas the self-preservation nine is going to kick back and look at the group and be like, Psh, I'm good. What can I do that's comfortable? I'm going to chill. The social nine is actually going forward and doing a ton of different things. And so this nine also doesn't show a lot of stress, and they're very warm and friendly to people, not showing a lot of what's actually going on. But also, at the same time, because they're moving and grooving so much and doing so much, this nine, anger seeps out a little bit 
more, a little bit quicker than the self-prez and the sexual nine because they're doing so much and stress builds up and they're trying their best not to show it because they're warm and friendly and they're working to feel like they want to belong. It gets to a certain point where a little bit of anger slips out. And I've actually seen this in a nine that I've worked with. And it's interesting because I've worked with a self-prez and a social nine and the difference can be striking to people because they can be like, how are they both nines? And I was like, it's all the underpinnings. It's not necessarily that top behavior because one nine, he kicks back, does his thing. If he's not needed, he will just chill and he will eat and be comfortable and do his routine. But the other nine, she has a routine, but she is always moving, always working. And then also she can also like come at some people depending on different situations. If she gets angry and it builds up enough. And so, like I said before, this nine usually feel like they don't belong with groups in different settings. And so this nine is very full of life, but the only thing they're not full of is themselves, which is an issue. They, their life is full of everything but themselves. So they have to really be careful about that. They work hard. The big difference between them and the three is that they work hard, but they don't do it for recognition and don't need it. Not like the self-pressed three who will say, I don't need recognition, but actually want it. The nine actually doesn't really care about it. Like, you know, they appreciate it, they get it, but it's not a need or anything. The social nine is actually a really good leader when they're able to manage themselves in a healthy way because they truly do care about the whole unit of people. And so a lot of times that leads to them working too hard and forgetting about themselves and they neglect themselves and then they're not, they're not healthy. And so that looks a lot of different ways, which the different episodes I have that kind of lend into that, that show you how nine kind of descends in some places they should not go. But this nine definitely has some underlying sadness about not fitting in that doesn't readily show on the surface. And so um, this is some traits about the social nine, okay? Merging with the groups, it is the counter type. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does going to work give you instant anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you aren't going to quit your job, you should call Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving personal and workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, leadership, and conflict management, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace performance so you can improve your services and bottom line. You can reach Kaizen Careers at kaizencareers.com or 901-334-1644. All right, so when laziness entangles with the instinct of sexual, the you get a person who's distracted and merging with another person. And so this nine is also very interesting because they literally merge at a level that is unconscious for them. It is so natural for them to merge and to become like the other person. It's really hard for them to detach from other people. Matter of fact, like literally very, very hard. So sometimes if you see a sexual nine in a relationship and they're trying to get out of it, the reason it's so hard is because they have almost become one with the other person that they were in a relationship with. And you have to remember when we talk about Enneagram types, this is deep down stuff. This is intrinsic, instinctual automatic sensing stuff like this is in your body feelings, right? So when things feel really tough and really hard for you to do inside of you, even though logically like, yeah, it makes sense. You have to remember that's one of the reasons it can be so difficult for us to break our patterns because we've got a whole lot going on inside the body, not just the mind. So this is one thing. It's very hard for the sexual nine to break 
contact with a person that they've merged with. And so they take on another person's traits, sometimes even like parts of their identity. They put a lot of energy into the relationship, a whole lot of energy. And they typically do not feel boundaries between themselves and others. Like they do not even feel them like, this is me, this is you. They're like, this is us. And that's usually how they feel. Out of all the three nines, they are the most emotional. Like all sexual types, usually the sexual version is the most emotional out of all of them. Um, this nine is very sweet, very friendly, not very assertive on the surface until they do some real work. And they don't realize how hard they merge with others. Like I said before, it's really, it's really easy for them to just completely like fuse with them. And that's one of the words that they use as a title is fusion, but they can really fuse with people. And so, like I said, it's really hard for them. And when they get in bad situations or relationship to literally break up with people. Um, Beatrice Chestnut shares a story where a guy literally moved to a different state to break up with this girl because he literally could not find a way to do it in a healthy way. Just an extreme example, but um, that's just how hard they can merge with another person. Hi, I'm super excited to tell you about a partnership I just joined in on. As an Enneagram coach, I understand the Enneagram helps in all different aspects of a person's life. A part of that journey can only be helped sometimes by someone outside of themselves, someone in the profession of counseling or therapy. So that's why I partnered with BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is basically a virtual way to contact and be in connection with counselors and therapists around the country. And at this time that we're going through socially being distant and a lot of being trapped in our houses or different things, even though it can be wonderful, a lot of times we may need to express something that's going on or things may be arising inside that we don't understand how to deal with. And so BetterHelp is a wonderful, affordable way to receive therapy and counseling in your home virtually. So if you are struggling, BetterHelp can help. You'll receive 10% off your first month when you sign on using betterhelp.com forward slash do it. That's D-O-I-T. So this information will be in the show notes, but this is a way if you do need some help, mental help and working through things and emotional things, BetterHelp can definitely help. So growth time. So engagement and right action is the virtue of the nine. I'll say that again. It's engagement. That's the phrase that some people use and also use right action. And right action really means they nines have started to do things that is the right thing for them. And they actually are employing things and engaging in life in a way that um, embodies what they really want out of life, the things they want to put forth in life and not just let life kind of go by but they actually put forth the effort that they want to make the change and see the change they want in the world. So to counteract some of these things for the self-preservation dominant nine, one thing is being proactive and strategically thinking of your own self-interest because it's very easy for them to diffuse their thinking to everything else and maybe how I'm going to be comfortable. It's um, actually keeping them from dealing with their real self-interest, like what they really want. It's like I'm physically comfortable and I'm using my material needs to distract me from dealing with my internal things. And so you want to make sure that you start prioritizing your own self-interest and looking in and doing an inventory and seeing what you really need to address. The next one is they need to engage their anger because that is where their deep power lies. So it's really interesting for the um, self-preservation nine and all nines in general because their energy comes from their anger, the place that they don't want to go is the place that they need to. And so with the 
Enneagram nine self-preservation dominant, they need to make sure that they engage the anger. That's where you're going to find the energy to go ahead and address all of your wants, ambitions, and those things you really don't want to, because there's some separation, there's some pain, um, some stuff that just sucks, but you actually have to deal with it if you really want to live that life you want and get the most out of life that you um, desire and deserve, to be completely honest. And then another way for to counteract the social dominant nines type structure is for them, because they're doing so much, they're doing so much, you have got to start doing stuff for yourself, just for yourself. And so that's really tough for the, the um, social nine because they're doing so much for everybody else, but they are neglecting themselves. And so it's super important for social nines to start figuring out ways to treat themselves and figure out ways to do something for themselves. And so that's going to be really huge, not just for everyone else, just not for a group. Find some sweet, nice, cool way to do something that really embodies and make sure that you know that you're super important, you're super valuable, and you belong. You belong to a greater good and you belong to yourself, more importantly. And that's just how important you are. And then the next thing to counteract some of the social dominant nine is to engage your sadness. This is a place where uh, the social nine does not go readily, but there is quite a bit of sadness there. And so you're going to have to look at it, engage it, and actually properly deal with it in a way that's healthy, because that's going to transform the way that you find balance in doing everything for a group and doing stuff for yourself. And you're actually going to be able to find happiness by engaging the sadness. As crazy as this stuff sounds, you have to do almost the opposite in some ways to get to the place where you want to go to be healthy. All right. And ways to counteract the sexual dominant nine is to engage your deeper need to separate. Each nine, even though the sexual nine like loves to be one with someone, they understand and there is something deep within them that says, I need some separation right now. I need some space. And you're going to have to engage that, which can be a little difficult because you're so used to merging. You feel sometimes if you create a rift between you and somebody else or simply like we're just going to spend some time alone and away from each other, it can feel traumatizing or suffocating in a sense. So you want to make sure that you find that deeper need to separate and actually listen to it and spend time alone. Next, develop boundaries. You want to start developing, creating boundaries where you end and where someone else begins. What things are non-negotiables for you and that are super important to you? And how do you communicate those to create the right and the proper boundaries to protect you and the other person in whatever relationship that you are in or that you want to be in? Because your boundaries are important to taking care of you and making sure you know that you're super valuable and you're super important. And then also all that lends into try to be by yourself more. Try to find time to spend just with yourself, not attached to anybody else, not in the same room with somebody else, not living with somebody else necessarily, depending on your situation. But you want to find time. How can I be an individual and be happy with being who I am and get to know myself? And so you want to do that. And that's for nines and all of them, it's engaging some of that anger and some of that sadness for all three of them. Because remember, you have all the instincts in you, but you have the dominant one that is like overactive in your life. OK, so you want to make sure that you are addressing all these different things for sure. But definitely the one that's dominant probably first to make sure that you're living the healthiest and happiest life and you're making an impact on those around you and yourself. Because nines, I know good and well, you're so good at taking care of everybody else, but making sure that you address things in a way that deals with yourself, values you, and make sure that you are okay. 
legitimately, not just like I'm going with the flow, but I'm actually really, really doing well and loving myself as well. That's the end of my episode. I'm so thankful for you all listening. And if you are trying to figure out what's your dominant type, your dominant instinct, then go ahead and you can go to Milton at KaizenCareers.com. Send me an email. We can do an Enneagram typing interview. We can talk it over. And um, I can actually help you to figure out which subtype is your dominant one. So we, you can start doing better and deeper work on yourself. Also, podcasting is not free for podcasters, but it is free for listeners. So I have a Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. If you go there, you can donate as little as $1 up to what it you can. But what that does, that helps me to pay my podcast editor. Shout out to him. Thank you a lunch. You're doing a great job. And it also helps me to be able to not worry about spending that out of my pocket and actually create more content and be able to be more effective for you. Because that's what I really want to do is be able to create more content and uh, actually dive deeper into the things I'm really good at. Because there's a lot of stuff in this entrepreneur space that I am learning by the day. And next, I'm also building a YouTube page. So if you go to Do It For The Gram podcast on YouTube and go ahead and subscribe there, I'm a super YouTube noob right now. And so I look very simple on my videos and that's okay because I'm going to get better over time. And I'm just going to keep pushing. And even though I don't 100% like what I'm putting out, it's still going to be helpful and practical. So uh, go to YouTube um, and go to Do It For The Gram podcast and please subscribe. That would be absolutely great. And then make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well. If you have any questions or looking for career coaching, Enneagram coaching, or any other sort of uh, help like that, please um, reach out to me over Instagram or at my website at kaizencareers.com. And also, I'm developing a career course based out of my career coaching and Enneagram coaching. I know that nines sometimes have trouble finding that uh, the specific clarity and ambition for what they want to do. And they're usually good at a lot of different things, but kind of stuck. So I am developing that and that will come out in probably about a month. Um, it's going to be a career coaching course, and that's going to be a, a nice, good, affordable way to find some clarity in what you want to do going forward and making decisions, which I know can be super helpful for nines. So I just want to let you know about that, too. And so whenever your instinct gets a little crazy and starts revving up, make sure you take a deep breath and then make a smart choice and do it for the gram, the Enneagram course. And I'll see you in our next episode. Bye.